Welcome to Brightline Living, the official podcast of Brightline Eating, where we focus on living a life free from food obsession and filled with peace and unstoppability. Each week, Dr. Susan Pierce Thompson, New York Times bestselling author and founder of Brightline Eating, will cover topics ranging from food addiction to fascinating science and how to live a bright life. Now here's Susan with the audio version of this week's blog. Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. So two or three weeks ago, I went to the first international conference on food addiction in the UK and it was fabulous. And the first speaker was especially noteworthy. I really enjoyed his talk and I wanted to tell you some takeaways from his talk. So the speaker was Dr. Paul Early and he's on the board of directors of the American Society of Addiction Medicine and he's a past president of the American Society of Addiction Medicine and he's been practicing addiction medicine for 36 years. And one of the first things that just stood out is he talked about addiction in the brain, lots of stuff that of course I know, lots of nuances that were new to me or he used language that was interesting. I took pages and pages and pages of notes. My friend leaned over and she's like, don't you know all this? And I'm like, I mean, yes, but it was such a great talk. And I just wanted to capture the way he presented it. And he talked about addiction being real in the brain and food addiction being clear as day, just clear as day. As a matter of fact, a lot of the research on addiction is done with glucose in rats because it's just been established for so, so long that uh, fructose and glucose create the same addictive spike in the mesolimbic reward pathway in the brain. This is what I talk about all the time, the nucleus accumbens, the ventral tegmental area, the dopamine down regulation there. Um, yeah, if you just glucose does it. So you don't really need to be giving rats heroin and cocaine and so forth to create the addiction model. All you got to do is just give them glucose. So it's, yeah, food addiction is super clear. And one of the things he emphasized in his talk was that addiction has a particularly intimate relationship with the learning mechanisms in the brain the learning and motivation mechanisms. So in terms of learning, I want to talk about three ways that addiction wires up in the brain, because I think it provides some real insights when we start to think about our relationship with food and the addictive tendrils that have crept in over time as we learn to be in an addictive relationship with food. So the first one has to do with learning the ways and means of procurement, hiding, uh, getting, getting more. So if you put yourself in a context a thousand years ago and imagine that you're foraging, you're getting food and you stumble on an incredibly sweet, juicy, big rambling berry patch. I mean the best berries you've ever eaten. And this berry patch seems to go on and on, right? Don't you think that you would really remember the location and the time of year 
of that berry patch being in full bloom with the berries ripe and sweet so that next year you would be right there for that? That's what we're talking about here when it comes to wiring up the learning in terms of how do I get it? Where is it available? When is it available? How much is it going to cost? If there's any barriers to procuring it, how do I overcome those barriers? Um, If other people aren't going to approve, how do I hide from their watchful gaze? When will I best be able to avoid their gaze? Um, where's the best, the, the, the stuff that gives me the, the best hit, right? So this is where over time you learn, you know, everyone's got what hits the spot for them. You learn the convenience stores, you learn the fast food outlets, you learn, um, the particular ways to bake a certain thing that really hits the spot for you. You learn the ways to, uh, sex up your food and the cookbooks and the, the television network and the so forth. You um, you figure out if you're frugal, you figure out when the sales are, which places have the foods you most like for the best value. You sort of learn your foraging environment and you get better and better and better, just more efficient at getting the biggest bang for your buck in terms of your food hit. I don't know if you can relate to this, but as I was listening to his talk, I was like, oh yeah, I so get that. I so absolutely. So um, that's one way that our brain wires up in terms of our food addiction. The next two ways that I want to talk about are in a very interesting um sort of inverse relationship to each other. And they have to do with liking and wanting. So here's the thing about this mesolimbic reward pathway, this uh, nucleus accumbens, ventral tegmental area, the dopamine system. Here's the thing about it. Um, It really is about wanting. It's about motivation to get more. It's about putting us into action to go procure the thing that we need and want and then and then making us do it all over again because dopamine is never satisfied it's the neurotransmitter that never gets satiated it just keeps wanting more and more and more and so this is what we call wanting when we are yearning we want more and we're in motion to go get it. It's a, it's a procurement, for, again, a foraging sort of uh, neurotransmitter. So it propels us into action to get more. We want, we, we are on a mission to go get it. So as addiction wires up and we get more and more addicted because addictive is a, addiction is a progressive disease, as it wires up, the wanting increases. You sort of get a first taste of it. You're like, oh, that's okay. And then over time, as exposure goes up, you want it more and more and more. Interestingly, though, as this process is happening, as your wanting of it is increasing over time and numbers of exposures, your liking of it is going down. It is hitting the spot less and less and less with each successive exposure. So, and leaving you wanting more. So that's the weird thing, right? You're liking it less and less, 
but you're wanting it more and more. Can you relate to this? This is the the conundrum that leaves us sometimes bending our elbow, putting food in our mouth and thinking simultaneously, I'm not even liking this. This doesn't even taste good anymore. I, I, I'm not even liking this. And yet, often that thought doesn't make us stop eating because we still want it. The elbow still wants to bend. The mouth still wants to chew. The brain still wants, you know, whatever hit is coming from it. We still want it. As a matter of fact, we want it more, but we're liking it less. Whew. This is why when people come into Brightline Eating and they get off the sugar and flour, often there's such a relief because it's a, it's a freedom from a prison that hasn't felt good for a long time. Like the, the liking has gone down, but we've been trapped in a prison of wanting. And as, of course, we do Brightline Eating, we benefit from the learning in the Brightline Eating world. We benefit from learning uh, how to make our three bright meals according to the food plan, learning which combinations of vegetables and proteins and so forth um, work for us, learning uh, which grocery stores have our bright foods at the best price, um, learning which restaurants have easy, fabulous, bright meals for us to enjoy with our friends and family and what exactly we would order there. We benefit from our Brightline eating experience wiring up the brain in, you know, a very satisfying way as well. And what I find is Brightline eating flips the script on that liking and wanting. We get to the point where, because it's not addictive anymore, we're not driven by the same kind of wanting when it comes to our food. We achieve food neutrality where we're not wanting and wanting and wanting but we are really liking. The liking goes up. The enjoyment of each bright meal, especially as we learn to savor, especially as our taste buds come back, because every cell in your taste buds is a brand new cell. Every two weeks, they're some of the fastest regenerating cells in the whole human body. So as our brain rewires in terms of its taste, we start to like our bright meals more and more and more, and the wanting goes down and the liking goes up, which is whew, a much better uh, relationship, a much better ratio. So learning, liking, and wanting. I just wanted to share with you a little bit about how addiction wires up in the brain and how bright line eating can heal the brain and change that. That's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Brightline Living. Please post a review and subscribe to our channel. Interested in learning more about Brightline Eating? Visit ble.life slash podcast to find out more. ble.life slash podcast. Have a bright day.